0: Welcome to Raising the Standard. This week, we're going to switch up the format just a little bit. I'm going to be joined by a guest, and you are going to get an awesome interview with Tony DiLorenzo, one of the founders of OneExtraordinaryMarriage.com. Tony and his wife, Elisa, have been running the One Extraordinary Marriage podcast for over the past 12 years. They have over 50,000 listeners and over 4 million downloads. They just released their new book, The Six Pillars of Intimacy. And within today's show, we are going to unlock the secrets of how you, as a kingdom man, can have an extraordinary marriage. Let's get into it. You are listening to Raising the Standard, leadership, mindset, and development for the kingdom man. If you've ever wondered, how can I be the man God created me to be? Or maybe you asked yourself, what purpose does God have for my life? If that sounds like you, then you're in the right place. My goal is simple, to help you access the unfair advantage all Christian men have and give you actionable strategies to reach your full potential. My name is Josh Kachadorian. I am a best-selling author, husband, father, disciple, and son of Jesus Christ. If you're ready to get off the sidelines, upgrade into your identity as a kingdom man, and take the territory that God has for you, then it's time to raise the standard. Welcome to Raising the Standard. I have a very special guest lined up for us today. I am joined by Tony D. Lorenzo from One Extraordinary Marriage. Tony, welcome to the show. Hey,
1: Josh. So great to be here with you and, and everybody.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, Tony, we became friends this year, and um, you just you know you've been a great friend. You've been a great supporter. Um, I know we met through a mutual connection. You picked up a copy of my book, The yep. Standard. And I you just released...
1: still read to this day?
0: Oh, thank you so much, man. that I appreciate that so much. It's just so important to have guys in your corner that support you, and you've certainly been that for me. So just want to personally thank you for the messages, the support, and just uh being in my corner and telling me to keep going.
1: I appreciate it and same here.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and we're going to dive in today to a couple of different topics around what you and your wonderful wife Elisa do together. And you also just came out with a book, "The Six Pillars of Intimacy." I've read it. I was a part of helping launch this book and yes. being on your team behind the scenes. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of it. And we're going to break that down and get into that in just a little bit within this uh, within today's show as well. Excellent. So let me first start by just asking you to give us just a little background to One Extraordinary Marriage and the origin story behind that. I think it's important for our listeners and our viewers just to understand who you are, how long you've been doing this for, and um, we can take it from there.
1: Yeah, I, I love it. Um, so first off, I've been married 25 years to my beautiful wife, Elisa. Uh, we have the top-rated marriage podcast, uh, the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, which we have been doing now for 12 years, um, over 600 and I think 90 episodes at this point in time. We'll we'll get hit into 700 here shortly. So we've been doing that for a while, but it wasn't always that way. We didn't always have one extraordinary marriage. Um, we didn't have an extraordinary marriage, and all honesty, we had a pretty crappy marriage. And in, in, in my own words. Um, And at year 11 with a five-year-old and a two-year-old, Elise and I were at a crossroads and we're just sort of stuck. We, we'd been together at that time, 11 years. We'd known each other for 13 years. I was running a business. She was a stay at home mom. For those of you who have toddlers or have had toddlers and that age group, it's rough. And we didn't have anybody in our corner. Like I didn't have other guys I could reach out to that were in my corner that I could just talk to, be open, honest, and transparent with. And, um, we are at this place where really we had three options in our marriage. One, stick it out until the kiddos were eighteen. The youngest was eighteen and, and call it quits then, which is now we've learned is called gray marriage. a uh, gray divorces um, or. Um, get a divorce now. Just like let's just go our separate ways. Make it work. Figure it out or see. get radical. Uh, Elise and I decided to get radical. And the way we got radical is that we were actually watching some friends, kids, they were doing like, um, like tennis, volleyball or something, beach tennis, volleyball, or I don't know what it was, but the segment that came up after it were these two couples who shared that they had done sex challenges. And I'm watching this with the Lisa and I'm like, this is really interesting. The first couple, the wife for her husband's 40th birthday granted him or gave him 365 days of sex. They never share how many days of sex they had, but that's what she gave them, um, which I thought was really cool. And then the second couple, they actually had 101 days of sex straight. <laughs> so I was like, this is interesting. And, and I looked at Elisa after it was over, and we were about to lead a small group at our church For eight weeks and in my mind i'm like okay we're leading a small group at church for eight weeks you know how many days is that that's 60 days so i just came out of nowhere and i'm like hey babe why don't we do a 60 day sex challenge and before i could even say anything else she was just like nope got up went to the bathroom did her stuff to get ready for bed came back out i was even thinking like hey maybe we'll have sex tonight she comes back out and she has like this green facial mask on i'm like Okay. And typical, that was something that happened often in our marriage, just that rejection. So um, I just went on my way, just sort of like, all right, what, what can I do now? What can I, what, what are we going to do? And uh, actually went to work the next day, had a great day that I can recall and came back and Lisa was like, yes, let's do it. And it was so far past me at that point in time, I was like, yes, do what? And she's like, let's do the sex challenge. And then the next thing out of my mouth or what I was really thinking was like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this as a guy? Like, how am I going to be able to like have sex for 60 days straight? Uh, got a little like freaked out, but we worked it out. We talked to each other and we made it happen. So 40, we ended up having sex 40 out of 60 days. And what we learned was it wasn't just about the sexual intimacy, which we talk about in our in our book, The Six Pillars of Intimacy, but it was the emotional intimacy. It was the spiritual intimacy. It started bringing us back together like we never had. And that was where it all started.
0: Wow. It's amazing. And I know a little bit about your story because it's in the book. But first of all, thank you for being so real, so authentic, so raw, just even star- sharing that story of like, hey, I was used to rejection. So like, Whatever, I chalked this one up as a loss tonight and whatever, we'll move on. I tried. Um, I wanna know more about what, and I know you take couples through this through one extraordinary marriage as well. Um, What are some of the key learnings? Like as you went through this sex challenge, what changed in you? What did you have to do? Because honestly, it sounds when you first pitch it, and maybe Alisa took it this way too, it sounds like, wow, this is really um, great for Tony what am I going to get out of this as, as the wife in this situation? So um, how do you coach men or how do you coach couples to serve that up? And I really want to get into what changed within you and how did that change and impact your marriage by making this commitment?
1: Yeah. And so in in, in a couple dynamic too, let's, let's, let's be real. Um, There, there tends to be one spouse who will always want sex a bit more than their other, and and how much more that is depends on that couple, right? Um, so it's always the one who has we would say the higher desire who's going to win out because we know many a women in marriages who are that way, and they have they have because our, our other Amazon bestseller is Seven Days of Sex Challenge, and they presented that to their husband. The husband's like, I don't want to do that, you know, that's a lot. Um, so just whoever that spouse is, but it, but it's much more than that, which we learned. The sexual intimacy is what kept us on track, and so one of the big things that we really realized throughout the 60-day sex challenge is, one, we needed to be intentional about our marriage. The sexual intimacy is what kept us on track um, because we were willing to go outside of our norm. We were willing to go, you know what? We might have to have sex in the morning, which by that time, having young kids and everything, It was pretty much like at night, lights turned off, get her aroused as quickly as possible, have sex, move on, where we realized that our emotional intimacy is also important, like being able to talk to one another more than just, hey, what's for dinner or who's doing the laundry or who's putting the kids to bed. So we had to really start to look at who we are and what we were doing and the routines that we had gone into that we felt like were just, well, this is what life is. And we had to break ourselves out of it. So we really got intentional. And then we had to just take action. Like we said we were going to do it. So how are we going to make this happen for us? So that way we have success. What are the expectations we're setting forth? So that way at the end of this, we can come out of it and go, wow, we were successful in that. And one way we did that is we set up some parameters. So that way we could be on the same page. So if one of us was sick, no go, you know. If she was on her period, no-go. If one of us was traveling, no-go. For sexual intimacy, doesn't mean that we can't talk to each other, doesn't mean that we can't romance each other, just was that we weren't going to have sexual intercourse. Um, and that really allowed us to go, okay, these are the parameters, this is how we're doing it, here we go. Um, what's a crazy though, Josh, is we did that now 14 years ago. We have many a couples in the one family who have like, sent in hugs which our hugs are our testimonials that have done like 100 days, 120 days, 150 days. I'm like, you guys are rock stars. Like I thought we did a lot. 60 days. I was like I'm done. And and so when we see couples get intentional and take action, so many things happen. They their pillars are strengthened and they're connected.
0: Yeah. And I want to jump into the pillars. So obviously yeah doing the doing the sex challenge, it's not just about sex. It's about what transforms in your marriage as you go through this. And that's what I want to dive into a little bit more about what was that transformation like for you? And what's the goal with the couples that you guys work with in terms of sex is one of the, the outcomes, but it's not the ultimate outcome. There's something else that happens between the couple, between the husband and the wife, through this process and I'd like to hear from your perspective Tony how um, how that goes and what the goal is there
1: yeah so one of the big things I think is a, a misnomer that we have fallen into in marriage is that and I hear it often and and I would say it like I just want to be I want I want I want to be I want intimacy in my marriage and really what someone is saying when they say that or when I would even be saying that is I want sex, and we've we've attached that word intimacy to sex. And what Elise and I began to realize that intimacy isn't only sex; that is one of them, but it's not all of it. And so, when we begin to just start looking at what we had done, as we begin to talk to, it started our podcast. Like we we got into this place of like we started the podcast, we started the rhythm, we started talking, we started learning, we wrote our first book started learning more. Elisa does all of our coaching here at one extraordinary marriage. She's coaching the couples and people would continue to say intimacy. And and, and as Elisa and I would dive in, we're like, well, what does that mean to you? You keep telling me intimacy, but what does that really mean to you? And it almost never was sex. It was always like, well, I want to just connect with him in a way instead of just like sitting on the couch or I, I want to know how to romance her, but I'm not too sure. Or we, we need to get our finances on track, but I don't know what to do. I'd love for my husband to to lead us in in, in our spiritual matters, but what does that look like? And so we just started looking around and going, ah, there's a, cl- a connection and a closeness that we so desire In these different areas, but it's not just sexual intimacy. Intimacy isn't just sex. It's all these six pillars, which allow us to then look at our marriage from a different perspective and then just going, I need intimacy. And our spouse just going, well, I'm not giving you sex.
0: So good. Well, you know, we're talking about the pillars and, you know, you're going with this foundational pillar of emotional intimacy, which I read in the book is one of the foundational pillars of the structure. Um, So since we're talking about it, let's just get right into it. I have the book in my hand. I have my highlighter here. I've been going through it um, and really taking a lot out of it, reading it slow, highlighting it and uh, learning so much from it as well. Um, So why don't you just give us an overview to the six pillars for those listening that aren't familiar with this or they've never heard of your show or what this book is about?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first one is emotional intimacy. That's our closeness connection between verbal, nonverbal communication. That that happens every single day. How are we communicating ourselves to one another verbally, nonverbally? The second pillar is physical intimacy. And this one is a closeness through physical touch, but non-sexual interaction. We really separated this out. This is something we learned over time because early on, we didn't see this and we clumped it together. And we realized over time, even in ourselves, again, I've been married 25 years. There are times when I just want that physical touch that has nothing to do with sex. I want Elisa's hand, her left hand on my right knee when I'm driving down the road. So that's that physical intimacy. It's that touch, hugs, kisses, cuddling even in bed at night naked whatever that may be for you guys hugs that sort of touch is needed in our lives next is your financial intimacy and most people go how is that intimate well when we're dealing with checking savings accounts cash coming in cash going out trusts, life insurances you know college planning our own retirement funding man, we got to get intimate with one another around our finances, getting out of debt. What does this look like? And there is a closeness and a connection that happens around that when we're on a, on a plan together. Um, next is our spiritual intimacy. How are we praying for one another? How are we praying together? Do we love worship? Do we go to church together? Do we not? Do we have even the same ideologies within maybe your Christian faith? You know, what does that look like and how do we grow closer together? I mean, is it taking communion once a week? What does that look like for the two of you so that way you are strengthening that pillar? Next is recreational intimacy. And this is all those dates, activities that you guys are doing. And notice I didn't say date night and I didn't say specific activities. What are the dates and activities you guys do? Some of you want to go hiking. Some of you want to go kayaking. Some of you want to go like, you, you want to go on your sea dues or whatever. You want to just hit the lake and, and lay around on the boat. Those are the activities. You want to go fishing. You want to go to NASCAR. You know, dates don't only have to be at night. They can be in the morning. They can be at lunch. They could be in the evening. could be to a concert. It could be, hey, sitting out under the stars, whatever that looks like for you. And then lastly is our sexual intimacy, and that is anything from your foreplay, sexual intercourse, and romance.
0: Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, even on the recreational side, I just want to say, you probably brought a lot of freedom to people, even with that statement, because we've been conditioned and, um, you know, this is a good movement, but there's even a movement right now about, you know, Hey, have a date night, you know, guys that are driven guys that are in, you know, business and entrepreneurs, they're productive in all areas of life, which is the guys we talk to on the show. They want to prioritize, prioritize their marriage. So it's like, Hey, I have to have that weekly date night. And, you know, you just said something there. It doesn't have to be just the traditional date night, dinner, and then go home and watch a movie or whatever else that looks like for you. Um, I love that.
1: Yeah. And and, and I've, I've just learned over the years. I mean, those are great. And Melissa and I love them and we do them. But I also realized that, gosh, I, I love just after a day where we're just going at it to just go take a lunch together, to just go hang out and just... Sit back for lunch when it's a little quieter. There's not a lot of people around, and we can just sort of mosey through that time together. Um, kids are typically in school, so there's not like we have to have a babysitter. We have to have this, or you know what I mean. And we can just we can we can flow a little differently than if it's only in the evening when you go to a restaurant and they're really trying to flip that table, and you also have a, a babysitter at home who's you know just sort of sitting around. You know, kids are asleep, but you're still paying them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I have the same thing in common with you. I love taking Rachel to lunch, and we use that time to architect our life, talk about our goals, how's business going, what can I do to support you? Which actually leads me into another question I have for you. Since you and Elisa work so well together and you're both working out of the home, you work on this project together. This is over 12 years. It's a podcast with over 50,000 downloads, coaching clients.
1: Well, no, 50,000 listeners.
0: 50,000 listeners. Yeah. This year,
1: this year, we'll do probably two and a half million downloads this year. Yeah. That's amazing. And that's pre COVID, we would have been closer to four million. So um, we're still getting back to where we were there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You'll get it. That's awesome. Um, so Tony, as, uh, as you work with Elisa day in and day out and you work on this and this has turned in from a passion project to a business, what's that like working with her and how do you guys make that work? Because some spouses they're they may, I don't know what your take is on this. They may not be meant to work together, or I don't know if that's, you know, that's a truth always, or if that's just what some people say, or they hide behind that, but how do you guys make it work? And what's your take on that?
1: So we had to find out what our strengths were and that took some time. And there was the ebb and flow of like, like we would try to be in each other's lanes and that caused a lot of friction, caused caused us a lot of resistance. Um, But once we started really realizing where our lanes are, things begin to go smoother. And so it took some time for us to do that. And now that we know it, it helps. Because Elisa is, for the most part, our content and our coach. So she does, you know, when we're doing a new episode or we're thinking through that, she's usually thinking it. I'm helping her and we're in conversation. But once it gets down to a point of like, hey, we need episode notes and we need all this stuff, she's writing that and then she'll get that to me and then I'll do a lot of the back end stuff. I mean, I'm still in it. I'm still in WordPress. Um, I'm still in ClickFunnels. I'm still doing a lot of that. I still do a lot of our graphics. Um, and I just jump in and I just roll all that stuff out. And then we'll come together and we'll we'll shoot the we'll do the podcast, right? And once it's done, I'm doing the back end stuff and and we're one shoot episode uh, one shoot, I don't know. One take, I don't know what you want to call it, but sure. we don't have any post-production. It's yeah. honestly like we talk, I normalize my, my audio, and I upload it to my hosting. I get on the website, and we move on. But we had to find our, our strengths, where those are at. And then we also had to really look at our calendars and go, when do we have time for us to be able to talk about the business and not like talk over each other and, and, and seep into each other's worlds when we're doing work, because that caused a lot of frustration. Like I'd be working on something, say with even this book, making sure that the, the covers together and working with our designers and our formatters and, and all this sort of stuff. But then at least it'd be like, Oh, something's going on. And I'm like, okay. Write that down. Because right now I, I have to stay focused on this and get this done Um, And so we just made sure to do that and it's worked. I'm not saying it's perfect. We still have our arguments. We're human. We're, we're we're just like anybody, any other couple. Um, We just have a desire and a passion to impact marriages. And so we have become resilient to just going, Hey, we're all on the same team. So even though we're getting upset with each other, what's, what's the end desire? What's the end goal? Who needs to take it? And let's, let's get it done
0: yeah that 's awesome that you have that that shared vision of who you 're impacting is what I really hear is the driving force you know you mentioned something else which i 'm going to have to have you back at a future date to just talk about taking action. I love the fact that you don 't get wrapped up in post production that you decided you 're going to do this and you just went out and went for it there 's a lot of lessons for men just with that intentionality and that taking action piece that you guys talk to in marriage, I see it also spill out into other areas of your life, even the way you started this project. That's awesome. Um, so, Tony, you know that Raising the Standard, we're talking, we're talking mostly to Christian men, to, to men that want to expand the kingdom of God in their yep. life and around them as well within their family and take it within their sphere of influence, so the workplace and where they find themselves at that point in life. So as we talk about men, and we're talking to men on this show, is there a pillar within the book here? Is there one of the six pillars that you find that men tend to gravitate to more than others. I'm assuming, I would assume it'd be the sexual piece um, as a guy that that's what attracts most men or why they might want to pick up the book or why they might be interested in taking the challenge, but I could be wrong on that. So I wanted to get your take.
1: It's interesting as, as we've shared the six pillars of intimacy with the one family and have heard from so many people, you, you would think that would be the one like it, and, and it's interesting because there are six of them. I think it, it gives, it gives men the opportunity to not be pigeonholed because we are more than just about sex in our marriage. And what I'm, what I'm realizing there, there are men who are just like, I really need to to focus in on my emotional intimacy. I, I never heard it said like that. I just, I always heard that I need to communicate with my wife And the way I was told was, like, I had to, like, sit across the table from her or sit knee to knee and hold her hands, and we had to, like, look deep into each other's eyes, and that's the way we could talk. Um, But now they're going, wait a minute, there's, there's other ways we can do that. And I'm willing to step in because I see there are cracks in that pillar, but I'm willing to step in and strengthen it and learn other ways that I can connect with my spouse. And so... I see men just sort of gravitating to where they know the cracks are. Um, and in the book, I mean, you saw it too. We we have a quiz in there just to help people to go, hey, where are you? Like you may think something, but as you go through the quiz, you may start going, oh, wow. And when you get the results, you look at them, you go, wow, I didn't realize that was my strongest one and that's my weakest one. And so you can start to look at that. Um, I wish I could tell you, man, but I just don't see one anymore. That's just like way up here and and all the rest are below. I think a lot of it is too, where, where are you at? What season are you at in life? Are you dry? Are you feeling like dry in your spiritual intimacy? Have you, have you just sort of picked up your Bible and it's just sort of like words on a page and it's not alive to you anymore? Um, and I feel I see guys who are there who are like, no, I'm going to step back in. I'm going to start getting on my prayer walks, just myself, start listening to worship music. I'm going to start praying when I'm out there again. Um, and I'm going to bring that back into my own marriage because I need to strengthen this in myself. Um, so I wish I could answer that. Maybe as the years go by and we get this out more um, and more people hear from, there will be a distinction. But we definitely posted and we, we shared it. Emotional intimacy is a first and sexual intimacy is the last. And we really believe those two are the ones that hold up most of the marriage, but those, those four in the middle are still needed, um, to strengthen and, and have the extraordinary marriage you desire.
0: Yeah. That's so good. Um, yeah. I mean, I find for myself that, I really was attracted to the emotional intimacy pillar. I want a deep, meaningful connection with my wife, you know, more than just physical intimacy and some of the other things. They're all important, and I agree with you. I think it's based probably on the individual, the season of life, uh, but there's a real foundational need within us, the way we're created for intimacy, the way we're wired for connection. Even with my kids, I have young children and, you know, we have to look at them and make eye contact and, you know, put my hand on their shoulder and encourage them. And just that connection piece as humans, the way we're wired, that's so important. So I'm so glad to see that you guys led with that. And you're kind of validating what I thought with that being one of the superstructures that hold up this house.
1: Yeah, absolutely. As Elisa says in the book, it's the workhorse.
0: Yeah. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit more about men and how they're approaching their marriage. Um, do you find that men are playing with a victim mindset within their marriage when they don't get their way or things aren't the way they thought they were going to be in their marriage? How does that show up for a guy?
1: Yeah, I think when we're emotionally spent and we have nothing left in our tank, um, we've been rejected. Yeah, we, 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 we play that victim role because it's an easy one to take on. Like I've tried everything and she won't respond to me um, anymore. And so it's very easy to find other outlets to go fill that need. And, and I'm not saying those outlets are other women per se, but it could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be other activities, it could be other buddies, um, it could be work, um, just to, to get away from that but yeah, I think there, there is a sense at times it's like, well, I have no, I have no ability to do anything or make any change in my marriage. And that's where Elise and I really come in and go, no, one of our, one of our hashtags that we've had for years here at One Extraordinary Marriage is what can I do? And because we want to break that cycle. To me, it's a cycle. It's, Hey, things are good, things are good, things are good. But then all of a sudden, something interrupts that cycle that just snaps. And then all of a sudden, we get in this cycle of like, I can't do anything right. My marriage is horrible. Everything is always horrible. And we really want to snap that by going, No, what can I do? Take a step back and just ask yourself, What can I do? And what's that one little step you can take to get out of this victim mentality to go, Oh, Maybe what I really need to do is just write my wife a little note and express what's going on or just tell her I love her. Um, It might mean, hey, if she's somebody who just enjoys um, that time with you, it might mean just going on a walk and talk with her. It might just be taking her to coffee or bringing her a coffee. It might mean just picking her up some flowers. Um, So just the what can I do mentality to get you out of this, like, oh, woe is me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that, men may go through neglecting their marriage for periods of time for the exact reason we talked about. They may be focused on a work project, or now they're climbing the corporate ladder, or they're building their business, um, or maybe they're hyper-focused in the gym, or whatever that hobby is at the moment. They neglect things, and then they automatically want things to work out the way they want it to work out, and then they deal with rejection, and they have an expectation that's not met So they start playing the victim and say, well, I tried, you know, everything I've done, it doesn't work. She just doesn't respond. You know, I'm trying because in their mind, they're playing this scenario out. So I love how you address that. Um, And here's something, Josh,
1: I just want to share because I did that in my own marriage. I was frustrated. We had young kids. Um, I wasn't getting the the responses I was looking for or I thought I was supposed to get in my marriage. And so I went into cycling. And I've always been into cycling. I started cycling, road cycling when I was 14 years old. I mean, I did my first century by the time I was, before I was 15. And at the age of 15, I rode my first double century. So I've been into cycling all my life. And there was a period in time where I wanted to do as many double centuries as I could. And for three years, four years, I did what's called here in in California, the Triple Crown. And so that's riding three double centuries in a calendar year. And to do that takes an enormous amount of time. Like, you don't just get on your bike and ride 200 miles, especially when those rides take anywhere between 10 and 18 hours. Like, that's just your ride day. So I was spending anywhere from 15 to 20 hours a week on my bike in my garage, lifting all about me. And then when I was, like, done or the season was done, I'd come back and I'd be like, all right, well, like, let's just jump back in. And Lisa's like, where have you been? Like, you're out for eight, nine, 10 hours. You come back, you you're, you're, you take a shower, you eat, you take a nap, and I'm, and I'm here with two kids. And so I had to man up a bit, and I had to raise my standard, right? Like, I, I I can't, if I want something beautiful out of my wife, if I want something to come out of her that is beyond where she is right now, then I need to pour into her as well, Um and I wasn't doing that. I wasn't pouring into her. So she was, she was battling me as well. And I realized, and I remember just getting this sort of a nudge of just like, no, you need to sow into her more. Like you, you need to be there for her. You need to be present for her. Um, and that takes a lot of grit. It, it. I don't know if it takes, I don't want to say if it takes grit, but it takes a humbling act to go, this isn't only about me in this marriage. It's, it's us. We're on the same team And I need to pour into her right now because she doesn't feel, it's almost like a quarterback and a wide receiver, right? Like the wide receiver is like, bro, I'm out here. I'm out here. I'm out here. You never throw it to me. Like you better believe there's going to be some, some tough conversations during the practice or even in the huddle. Like, man, I'm wide open, but you're always looking the other way. Or so I had to pour back into her and just like a quarterback needs to throw it to that wide receiver because he's important and he's needed to make touchdowns and to, to score and and to win football games
0: yep um, you know I identify with this conversation because i 've been there myself, so hyper focused on work or hyper focused on something else that and and traveling seasons too sometimes you 're traveling sometimes i 've had certain jobs where I was always on the road three, four days out of the week, and then you come back and you want things a certain way, and it 's not like that if you 've been neglecting um, so this is just such a real conversation so for the guy that 's in that moment right now, you know you 've talked about pouring into your wife and sewing into her, what can that look like? And what does that look like for you? And what can that look like for men that know they've been neglecting? They know they've been in this place where they've been selfish. Really, that's what it comes down to. And and then you get rejected or you find... like All of these things we're talking about are different methods, in my mind, of self-medication. You're finding an outlet to plug into. It might be riding your bike. For me, it might be going to the gym where I can just escape I can turn on my headphones, I can get away from everything and just focus on me for a little bit, which isn't inherently bad. But it can be if you're using those to run away from something that's hurtful or something you don't want to face up to within your marriage. So how does a man begin to sew into his wife or start that process of winning her back?
1: Yeah, I I think there are... A couple of things you need to address. Where, where are the cracks? Like in all honesty, where are the cracks in your pillars? And if it's been one of those places where you haven't, you know, really had great conversation with your with your wife in some time, what are you gonna do to start getting that back on the map? And our actions speak louder than our words. And for Elisa and I, like at one point in time. We did these things called coffee breaks and uh, we have a whole sheet that we've shared and, and have for the one family to just help you to just get on the same page on a weekly basis. It's almost like a marriage meeting. It's not a date. It's more of a marriage meeting. And sometimes that helps because we're, we're in a spot where we're not like super like lovey dovey yet. And, and, and there's still sort of this tension going on. And yet we know we need to connect. So maybe a way to do that is just like, hey, what's going on around the household? How can I support you? What are we doing this week? Where are the kids at? And so we can talk there, but then we can also dive into the six pillars of, hey, are we having enough gourmet time? Which is, are we having enough sex? And if we aren't, what can we do? Like, what's one thing that um, surprised you last week that I did for you? So we get into this place of like, we're we're, we're getting inquisitive again. We got to We got to be inquisitive about our spouse, and and we want them to be that about us. Because if not, it's just sort of like we're rolling through the the doldrums again, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that could be a a coffee break. I do believe one thing that we can do, and I've seen it happen time and time and time and time again, our words have power. And what are the words that we are speaking over our wives? If we say that she is rude and mean and she's a pain in the butt, then guess what? That's what you're going to get. That's what I got. And then there was a time when I remember just God just going, and I had, and I, and I battled a, an 18 year pornography addiction. Um, I broke that. Um, and to, to all credit to Jesus on that one, that was an absolute miracle. Broke those chains and, and never went back. And that's been eight, that's been 18 years. My boy was a year old and he's going to turn 19. Um, but I realized that the beauty, that I was looking at was fake. It was false. And I was, and I wanted Elisa to live up to that. And she couldn't, and she felt inadequate. She was self-conscious about it. And I remember God speaking to me and he said, you need to tell her she's beautiful. No matter what she says, no matter how she responds, you tell her she's beautiful. And I saw a woman who was just hurt. Um, she, She was just, she didn't feel beautiful inside and out and just speaking that word over her. And I've been saying that now for gosh, almost 10 years. And I look at my wife. She actually posted a picture yesterday (laughs) of when we met in 1994 and a picture we took last weekend together. And I'm like, she's the standard. She's the standard of my beauty. But I had to sew into that with my words over and over again, even when she didn't want to hear it. I just continued to tell her, I'm like, you're beautiful you're beautiful. And I would even, and I do introduce her to this day. This is my beautiful wife, Elisa. If I, Josh, if you were to come over here and we were just to hang out I and, and we are like, Hey, I knew yeah. you, but you didn't know her. I would be like, Hey, Josh, sure. this is my beautiful wife, Elisa. Lisa, this is Josh.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm coming over. So you can, I'll look forward to when you make that introduction, <laughs> we'll Bye. make it happen. <laughs> um, wow. That's, there's so much good things there. You know, it's this principle of deliberate practice, really, which is how mm-hmm. we get good at everything. And one of the things that I underlined in your book and that I hear you guys say all the time, and it applies to every area of life, so we shouldn't think that it wouldn't apply to marriage, but it's this principle of intentionality. And you said it here today, even at the beginning of the episode, you said intentionality in taking action, actually doing something. So I'll just tell you real quick. Um, in preparation for our discussion today, I was listening to some of the episodes. I was binging one extraordinary marriage show and, um, I'm on my way home from the gym today. And I'm like, you know, my wife has been hustling in her business so hard this week. She's been doing amazing things. And I pulled up to the stop sign and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to send her a text. So I just told her how amazing she was. I'm proud of her. I'm thankful for her. I love her. And, you know, it just touched her so much. It just created this emotional bond in the moment. Um, When I got home, it was awesome. And just those things, like you're saying, sewing into your wife, pouring into her, paying attention, not getting distracted at all the cares of the world that are always in front of us as guys um, really pays so many dividends in our relationship, our marriage, and, and just uh, the way that we're meant and we're designed to be together is one unit, one extraordinary yeah. marriage.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm going to just say this too for guys. We go through seasons. Right? We go through ups, we go through downs. In the last four years, I've lost my dad, an uncle, another uncle, and an aunt. Um, Brutal. So, and every single one of those have had their own impact on my life and on Lisa's life. Um, And so the little moments that we do take like that, right? Sending a text message, um, taking her out for, for a coffee or just sitting down, or like one of the big things I just love doing with the Lisa is we go down the beach, we live here in San Diego, just going for a walk and talk. We just go to the beach, we're holding hands, we're hearing the waves, you know, you're pouring in, pouring in and in those moments and times when things aren't where they need to be, you've built up this, this reservoir to be able to go right now. Like when when I want, when I go through stressful times, there is a, an innate desire that I need more sex than we normally are having. And there's it, it, there's something about it that just allows me to be fully with her and nothing else bothers me. And I want to be in that moment more because everything else feels like it's out of control. And with her in that moment, I feel like I can just relax. Um, and so do know that Elise and I still go through our moments. We, we, we're not perfect. That's why we have the one extraordinary marriage show. And we just talk about what's happening week by week, because we want you to understand that, Hey, some weeks we're just flying high, but there are other weeks where it's just like, what the heck just happened. And for our, for our ladies who have not gone through menopause, they, they, they go through a cycle. They have their, their period. And for them, they, they, that could be a month. That could be a monthly season. And I've even noticed it with the at times where it's like, wow, we're so close. We're just, oh man, like those text messages just landed right and she was so right on. And then two weeks later, I, I hit her up with one and she's sort of like, thanks.
0: And I'm
1: like, what the <laughs> heck is <that> good." <laughs> but I got to remember where yeah. she's at and then just go, hey babe, what's going on? Are you about? And she's like, yeah, I am. I'm like, got it. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think even the key with the text messages and the things that we do and the special moments that we try and gift our wife with, um, you know, I sent that message today and I said, it's not about what I'm getting in return. I'm not doing this for an alternate reason to try and get a return on this. I'm doing it because I mean it. And if I mean it, then I'm fine with it. And if she's busy and she's having a stressful day, I get it. And if it yields a different reward, then that's amazing, too. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's talk, Tony, about specifically a man and a woman. We're obviously different. We're we're created different. We're made in the image and likeness of God. What's it look like for you and for men to show up in a marriage that's different than the way a woman shows up? What is the role and the responsibility of a man as he leads in his marriage?
1: Wow. that is That is so it's a place I think a lot of us are, uh, we're challenged with. And I think in this day and age, we, as men have been knocked down, especially as, as married men, I feel like it, it's been laughed at. And so how do we lead in, in those times and in those places where our ladies or our wives are just sort of going like, I want you to lead. And we're not too sure how, um, I think the best thing is again, what are the expectations? Let's set this thing up. Where do I want to be? Like I, I'm very much about protecting, providing, um, and 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 placing my family in a spot where they feel feel secure. Um, has that always been the case? No. Has it been um, the case at other times? Yes. And, and so for myself personally, what switched for me when it came to that leading was truly diving into the word of God and hearing what God has spoken over me and really taking that authority and believing it, believing what he has said. Because beforehand I did it and I and I felt a little flimsy and a little clumsy and I didn't know where I really landed. And once I really just began to sit there and go, okay, God has called me to this And I would, and I would look at Elise and I'm like, I I believe that God has called us to go this route and go this way. Where, where are you? Because we're partners in crime in this marriage together. And so I'm always like, as a leader, I also want to know what she's saying and what she's seeing and what she's seeing, because what she sees and what she thinks and what she's feeling are just as important for us and our family. Um, And I believe as a leader, no matter if it's in my home or in the workplace or wherever I may be, that. I want to hear the input of others because this isn't totalitarianism here. It's, it's a, it's a partnership. And and so we come together and we go, all right, that's where we're going. Like we, we have vision statements. We have like at the beginning of every year, we'll, we'll have our vision cards. We'll set goals. We'll, we'll write on three by five cards, what each of us are going after and what we're going together. Um, And I think that's where I've been. And there are times when I will let her lead though. I'm like, she's, she's much more talented than me. And so I need to just like step back and just go, you got this. So I'm going to come beside you and go, you got it because you can speak just as efficiently, if not more so because of your standing and who you are. So I'm just here to support you.
0: I agree with that. I love the fact that you look at Elisa like a partner. That's the way I look at Rachel as well. And you know she has a unique gift mix it 's different than mine. She hears differently, she sees differently, and she 's going to see things that i don 't see, so it really is a partnership at the end of the day Now. Um, she may defer to me at times to say, "Okay, make the ultimate decision here, and sometimes i 'll go back to her and there 's a there 's you know a, a, a give and take on that. Um, But ultimately I love that partnership where she's standing next to me, just the way you're explaining your relationship with Elisa as well. And it's not necessarily you're always in front or you're always behind.
1: And and we're we're a big football family. My boy played football for, I don't know how many years he played for a lot of years until he left for college. Um, But he, he was a defensive guy and, and he played on the line and so Elisa and I always look at marriage almost like that D-line. Those guys work together. They need to know they have each other's back, but they're they're shoulder to shoulder and they're willing to do whatever it takes to go sack that quarterback. <laughs> and a lot of times Elisa and I together will we'll, we'll find that there are issues arising, and one of us starts to to go at the other. And we have to remind ourselves that the problem is the problem and it's out there it's not her or me we're on the same team and we need to come up with a solution to go after that problem together now how we lead in that is a bit different because of our 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 strengths but that for us has been huge and just realizing that team is like this is who we are like Let's let's stand shoulder to shoulder instead of face to face and try to box each other or battle one another. Let's come shoulder to shoulder and go after that problem together.
0: Yep. I love that. When it comes to um, the spiritual intimacy pillar and it comes to your spiritual relationship with your wife, um, we have this relationship with the Lord and we have this relationship with our wife and we have this relationship together. What's that look like for you? I'm actually, you you know, your book is so good because it gets so practical and I love, you know, just how much I can take action with it. So I want to have that conversation with you around... Are there rituals? Are there habits? Are there things that you've done? Are there things that you've tried that you don't do anymore? When it comes to trying to cultivate or cultivating this spiritual atmosphere in your home and in your relationship,
1: yeah. So we've done everything from you know nightly devotionals, uh, nightly Bible reading, prayer time. Um, we've done worship services together. We've we've served together in in just roles at church to high-level high, high level roles within uh, church organizations, uh, communion together, um, praying out loud together, you know, leading small groups together. We've done all of it. We've done all of it. And we continue to, to ebb and flow of where does that work for the two of us. Um, definitely right now in this season where we're at, we're definitely in this place of, praying for in, 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 being in prayer, but not together as much. Um, I think that's an area that I'm finding for myself. Like I need, we, we just talked about leading. Um, I feel like that's an area that I need to lead better. Um, and I just haven't, and, and there's some resistance. So I've been working through that, but we've, we've come up a lot of, uh, uh, up against stuff and we we definitely were praying. We're, we're like, we're all about praying. It just, it's not happening together per se. Um, and so I, I am a big worshiper. I find that I can walk into a number of services where the worship just leads me into a place of just calm and peace. And it even like in that time that I, I'm resolving things that I need to even address with Elisa and the service will happen and I don't even know what the heck was said. You know what I mean? Uh, I love my prayer walks. I love just going out and just listening to music and just walking and just allowing the Lord to just move me. So that way that I can get in a place of peace, um, instead of coming for me, it's, it's really just been shifted where I tend to be type a, I tend to be a little more controlling. I tend to want things exactly my way. And I have just had revelation after revelation that, I need to step back a, a bit at times and listen to Elisa much more. I need to be patient with her and myself. And so that's really where I've been just recently. I don't know if you saw this, but our IG account got hacked.
0: I did um, see that. <laughs> Sorry, um, that happened.
1: Yeah. And that's 43,000 followers right in the wow. middle of us releasing the book. And, wow, you know, definitely we were in prayer, taking communion, um, just stepping in and, and believing for more, but in a place of patience instead of trying to like contrive what we want to happen. Um, and that ended up taking us from start from when it happened to when we got it resolved was over 10 days, just over 10 days. Um, and so I felt like the two of us were just arm in arm up in our spiritual intimacy. I will also say during our 60, 60 day sex challenge at one point in time. elisa wasn't really into it. And uh like I don't remember if it was during or like right like we were just like in four play or something. She was like, or right after. I just can't remember. But she was like, Yeah, you know what? I prayed to God to have like desire for you today. I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and this was earlier on, and I'm like, Yeah, Lisa, I don't I don't understand that. And over the years, though, I have honestly have been in places in our sexual intimacy where I'm stressed, I'm frustrated, I've gotten older, um, I'm struggling to even just get the desire personally. And when I say get the desire, just even to get an erection um, and get to that place, and I'll just be like, God, like, Elisa's initiated, this is her night, she's initiated, she's, she's desiring me, Lord, just give me the strength right now to be, you know, to be ready for her, um, and and to just get real with her and let her know where I'm at. And so I've, I've even been in those places where I'll, I'll go there because I'm like, if you can heal the guy with the lame arm, then definitely you can, you can work in me right now.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, he, wow. It's just, you know, that's really telling about your relationship with the Lord that you just rely on him for everything that he cares about every single aspect of our life. Um, it's not a religious thing. It really is a living relationship that he's so concerned with just the practical things, the everyday things. And if it concerns us, it concerns him. So thanks for sharing that, Tony. I know when it comes to spiritual intimacy, um, you know, Rachel and I might be going through a struggle or a hard time and, And, you know, you got to fight through to get to that place of spiritual intimacy as well. It's kind of like trying to leave your house on Sunday morning to go to church. You know, everything starts acting up. It's always a battle. There's some warfare involved just to, as soon as you decide that you want to follow the Lord or you want to focus on your relationship or place a priority on it, whether as an individual or in your marriage, there's going to be things that come at you that you got to work through. And I know when I take the lead and I say, hey, let's pray let's let's just have a time of worship together let's just pray let's wait on the lord let's see what he's saying to us let's read scripture together that that just changes our entire perspective on whatever we're going through and the byproduct is there's incredible spiritual and emotional intimacy that's generated when we spend that time together more so than anything else in my experience
1: i agree i agree and it's a journey, right? I mean, there was a point in time seven years ago where we were at a church and I was like, "Alisa, if this is what it is, then I'm done. I'm out. I can sleep in. And, you know, there are there some tough conversations we both had to have. Our kids were a bit younger. She she felt good at the church we were at. Um, and, and so we had to have some tough conversations. And that was seven years ago. And it was probably the best thing that has happened to us and our spiritual intimacy, because we got rocked. I mean, the Holy spirit just rocked us and has put us in a community that has allowed us to come up with the six pillars of intimacy. I mean, this came up at our, at our church, we did a, a a marriage reset and, and we shared this for the first time. And, and we actually called them the, the, the power six, but we had these six pillars. And I remember coming off stage and one of our pastors just like, man, we need to work on those pillars. And I was like, what pillars? And, and I remembered I just had thrown a slide with these little pillars, but it just hit them so much that I was like, oh my gosh, at least God's working here somewhere. I don't know what yet. Um, and so it's been, it's been a journey though. You know what I mean? In again, seasons, where are we at? Where, what's going on and and where are we willing to dive in together? Where sometimes that we have to have some tough conversations. Um, and then within our spiritual intimacy, I will share with you guys too. find other couples That you are wanting to do life with couples that not that you're mentoring, but people that are on the same page with you. People that are like, we have a text chain. Um, There's 12 of us. There's six couples and they're my family. They're my family really. And mine and Elisa's both where, man, when we need prayer, those are the people we go to and they strengthen us in so many ways in their prayers. But also when they need prayers, it's like, Oh, like we need to get activated and we need to press in for these guys too, because they're, they're part of our family. And, and that's really a stretch us in the last year, having this, this group of couples that we get together and do that for one another.
0: Yeah, that's great. So it's not just about receiving the prayer, but the active service of praying for others too and being activated. Mm-hmm. And it's really what you guys are doing week after week with your show. You're pouring yourself out, you're sharing your life, and you're pouring into couples and you're you're seeing the fruit of it, as we can see from all the results, the testimonials, and just um, how you're impacting all these couples and changing lives. So Thanks Tony, you so as, much. oh, you're welcome, man. Um, as you, thank you. As as we kind of wrap up here, let me just ask this last question, and then I want to get into how people can connect with you and, and get involved and grab the book. But right now, for guys that are listening to this, and they're like, they're motivated right now. They're like, you know what? I've been that guy. I've been self medicating. I've been running away. Um, I've been neglecting, or I've been focused on other things. And, you know, it's not the way it used to be. I do want it. I have this desire to go back to the way it was when we first met, and I want to re, reignite my marriage. Is it possible to start that process if only one spouse, if right now, if the the wife is a little turned off or there's been some arguments in the past, she's a little bit hardened just because of neglect and because of maybe arguments and words that were exchanged, What? The first question is, can a man by himself change his marriage? And what's the first initial steps he needs to take to make that happen? Yes. That's (laughs) good news. That's really good news. (laughs) Yes,
1: you can. And I know it because prior to our interview, we do what's called Take Action Thursday on our one family um, private Facebook group. And a husband goes the six pillars of intimacy. He, he basically said has transformed our marriage. My wife doesn't want to be a part of the group yet. She's still trying to come on board, but we're reading the six pillars and she's starting to engage me again. And you know what? I don't, I've never met his wife. He jumped on take action Thursdays. I see him. I know him. I know where he lives out there in in Arizona. And he's like, This is what I needed. We got got another testimonial from a wife who, her husband, they've been married 30 years. Her husband cheated on her early in their marriage, had held that guilt and that shame for years and years. They did not have sex for a decade. And she was willing to go, you know what? I still want to be married to this man, but I don't want the next 30 years to be like the last 30 years. And so she stepped in and she said, I'm going to do what you guys have been telling me in the Six Pillars of Intimacy. She goes, I'm going to go do that. He was willing to jump into one of your conferences. So we went through, we're going through the conference week by week because our conferences are like eight different sessions are all virtual. Um, So they're going one week at a time. And she goes, I sent him a text and said, are you up for some gourmet time? And when we say gourmet time, that's sex. And she goes on my screen in black and white. After 10 years, he said yes. So do I think you can make a change? Absolutely. It's will, Are you willing to be intentional and go through what may have to, there's a lot of work that may have to get done. Like, there may be a bunch of garbage that needs to be cleared out. Like, and would we all like it to go away real quick? Absolutely. But sometimes you got to shovel it one one shovel scoop at a time to get through it. So are you willing to be intentional? Are you willing to take action even in the smallest way and willing to just continue to go after it? And I would say, even listening to the One Extra Nightmare Show, what are we sharing? Are you willing to take that action? Are you maybe willing to just share it with her? And if she says yes, listen to the podcast once a week and just go, hey, you know what? If Tony and Lisa can talk about it, then we can talk about it. Don't take it on yourself. You don't need to be the superhero. You don't need to be, you just need to be the person who's willing to go, I will listen and I'm going to just lay it on Tony and Lisa. And they talked about this, like, Hey, we don't have to, you know, we don't have to allow our sex life to take a Christmas break. All right. Well, how are we going to make that happen here in our house? Because it's been taking a Christmas break for like six months. And I think that's where the passion starts to come back. The desires start to come back. The the creativity starts to come back. The joy starts to come back and you start to go, okay, we're on a roll. And then go take a vacation with her, like take her out, go, go celebrate her, celebrate each other, get away from the kids. Like we've all had to deal with kids and all this sort of stuff and everybody's close and and around one another, get some time away, maybe do a staycation, you know, get the kids over to the grandparents or somewhere else, find solutions. Don't tell me your problems, find solutions believe me, I've had problems too. I've had parents who don't want to watch my kids or don't want to come down here. I've had to hire babysitters or babysitters. We had to find solutions. Don't tell me your problems. Give me a solution. Let's figure it out.
0: Awesome. That's what and I what say. I love about that is, you, you know, you talked about someone who, who got into problems and it took 10 years to get there, but it doesn't have to take 10 years to get out of it. If you're deliberate, you're intentional, you're focused and you take action, It can be just a fraction of the time. It will be work. That's what I'm hearing you say. But if you're dedicated to it, you can turn that around and you can reignite your marriage.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's no greater joy. And then tell us, write us, let us know, because we want to celebrate you. We do. I mean, that's what we're about. We're about celebrating marriages and those that have gone through, like that woman, 10 years without sex to those who have just said, you know what? We did our first coffee break and it was the best thing ever. Like, right on because your breakthrough is different than mine and some other guys. Like your breakthrough is yours and we're here to, to cheer you on and see you have it.
0: Yeah. I could just sense your passion. You're fired up to change people's lives. I love it. Yeah. It's awesome.
1: 12 years of um, doing it. um, There's definitely the calling and I just, there's no greater joy. There's just no greater joy. Cause I see the communities get impacted. I see kids get impacted. I see brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, even mom and mom and dads. I mean, I've seen kids jump in and they see their mom and dad and they're like, no, you don't have to live like this anymore. Like we get it. We we've seen you too often. They're like, start listening. And, and they're, and it's just, it impacts couples. And I mean, I got stories upon stories of sisters telling sisters who told their sister who told her mom and they're all together and they're all like listening to the show, but everybody told somebody else. So they all didn't know and what a joy that was cuz they're we all just like oh my gosh this is this is amazing for all of us and for the legacy we're going to leave to our kids and to our to the next generation
0: yeah um you said something there that I need to ask you about um, you talked about this is your calling so i want to ask you when did you realize when did both of you realize like this is more than just a side hustle or a project our passion project, but we're actually called to this. Like this is something the Lord has anointed us for and he's promoted you. He's given you a platform for it. When did that click where you realized, okay, this is more than just a passion project. This is something we're called to do.
1: Yeah. That's such a great question, man. I know around episode 84, I wanted to quit. Um, wow. And I remember at that moment, Elisa was like, we can quit, but you do know we're going to go see a counselor every week. I was like, yeah, I think I'd rather just talk to you right now. And there's something in my spirit at that moment though, that, that started to shift. Um, I knew from the beginning we had something and, and I, and I, and I spoke with passion, but there's something shifted there at that two year mark for sure in, And then I think it was probably like year seven or eight, so about four years ago, where things really began to shift. And we had written at that point in time, maybe four books. Um, Six Pillars is our sixth book. And I think it was somewhere about four years ago, um, seven years ago, I remember I was really dry. um, And that's when we switched churches. And I think it took me about three good years in that house To get healed, to really get healed of all like I felt like the traumatic incidences that had happened, trying to save marriages and getting just getting like blasted in and everything. So I think it was about four years ago where like my spirit just began to go, this is it. This is it. And God just going, this is it. You need to rise up. You need to be, you need to be speaking to yourself. Like you speak to Elisa. Like you gotta, you gotta look at what you're doing, the marriages that you're saving. And you get behind that microphone and you keep telling me, Tony, and this is God talking to me. You keep telling me you get behind that microphone just to impact one marriage. Well, the one marriage you need to impact is yours right now. Um, So get fired up for me. And I think that's where it just started hitting. And I was just like, yes. And two years later, um, I was so on fire. I sold my other business at the end of 2019 um, and been full time in one extraordinary marriage ever since. And now more than ever, I just like, these are my people. These are who I want to serve. These are who I love. Um, And, and that's, that was a process. I don't think it, I think that in the beginning it was definitely there, but I I had to work through it and, and it needed to come. And so that overnight success for us has taken 12 years. Um, and I'm and I'm glad I've gone through every single step of it because it's made me the man that I need to be and to have compassion and empathy with people. Um where I probably didn't have it before. Um so yeah, that's that's I, I can't pinpoint out like exactly, but those are just sort of those steps along my way of just going, God, you called me, so I'm here.
0: Yeah. Um thanks for sharing that. I You know, I heard something there that I want to highlight for everyone listening, because as men, we're looking for our calling. We're looking for our destiny. We're looking for our purpose. And especially right now, there's never been a time where you can start a side hustle or you can start a project or you can pursue a passion. Um, There's so many tools available to us. And what I look for and what I listen to when I speak to to other guys is really what's driving them. Some people want it because they want to build a platform or they want it because they just want income or they want it because they're looking for a level of status that comes with that if they finally attain to what they think success is or what's going to make them respectable in the eyes of other people and what i'm hearing in your story tony and what it's it's just like bleeding through our conversation is that you're so focused on the outcome and the people you're serving and i think that's such a differentiator and it's such a key and a clue for us as men and for the guys listening as we evaluate the desires of our heart, why do we want to do what we're doing? How do I know if this desire was placed here by the Father, or if it's just something in me that's, you know, more about ego, or it's more about just attaining a perception in the eyes of people around me? So I just want to, you know, just respect you and honor you for just being so focused on the people you serve, you know, pouring your heart into this book, into the podcasting, doing it. I know, you know, I'm sure there's weeks you're fired up and I'm sure there's probably some weeks where you're like, okay, we got to press the record button. We committed to this.
1: Yeah. Like after the passing to my dad, like Elisa's was like, we can take a week off. She's like, we don't have to do anything. I'm like, nah, let's, let's just go. It's going to be healing for me. And so let's go do it. Um, yeah, and I just want to say one thing, though, too, because if many of you guys may be listening and going, well, I want that in my marriage, and and I desire that for you as well, but what is the action, I'm gonna and I'm going to lean into this again, what's the one action you will do every week that will continue to be a building block in your marriage, and for 12 years, no matter what, no matter the highs, no matter the lows, no matter things going sideways or just like just cruising along, Elisa and I got behind our microphones and would talk to each other and to the one family. And if nobody was around, I would still get behind my microphone for that opportunity once a week to just talk to her. And that one little act done consistently for 12 years has given me the marriage that I didn't think was possible at year 11. But I look at going from year 25 to year 30 to year 40 to year 50 and I go, I'm going to live and I'm going to have the most extraordinary marriage that I can possibly have and do everything I, I can here on earth before I say hello to our Savior. And so what is your one action you're willing to do week in and week out that will strengthen your marriage and Little by little, you'll add more tools and, and and build it. But what's the one thing? And for us, that has been the one thing that we've been committed to no matter what happens.
0: Awesome. That's an awesome challenge for everyone listening to this right now. Just make your mind up and commit to what is that one thing? What's that one thing I can put into practice as I finish listening to this podcast? What can I do today as you're listening to this? What can you do to enhance, to invest and to develop your marriage and develop the six pillars. So, Tony, I want to close out with... Um, You know, no one wants it's such a great name for what you guys do, One Extraordinary Marriage, because who wants an ordinary marriage? Exactly. (laughs) Who who wants to be ordinary? So, can you close us out with your definition of what an extraordinary marriage is? And then I want you just to give us all the details of where we can connect with you, um, the name of the podcast, the book, the sites that you want to drop. So, men that are listening that want to take this step, they want to invest and they might want to go deeper into the One Family. Um, We want to make make sure that they have all the information to do that.
1: Yeah. Um, What's one extraordinary marriage An extraordinary marriage is where all six pillars of intimacy are strengthened and are strong. That's, that's the definition. It's not just one. It's not just one little area. It's not this little thing over there. It's not just that it's where all six pillars of intimacy are strong and you can lean upon them because they're going to hold up the house, your house, your marriage. And with that, they're going to be, There's going to be beauty to them that is just going to shine and you're going to be now that light to others um, in your neighborhood, in your community, in your workplace, where they're going to be able to go, wow, Josh, like what's going on with you? And you can go, oh, you know what? The reason I can come to work the way I do is because I got an extraordinary marriage with my beautiful wife. So that's what I say is an extraordinary marriage. Um, To find us, you can go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Everything is there. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast or you're watching it, you can also search One Extraordinary Marriage Show on your favorite podcast app. Um, and you, we pop up on every single app that I think is out there at this point. in yeah,
0: time. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll drop all the links. We'll make it easy for anyone yeah. listening or watching. So you can just click the links below in the show Beautiful. notes. And that'll be awesome. Tony, I love you, brother. Thanks for coming on. It's, um, it's been awesome just developing a friendship with you and just investing in the guys and raising the standard today. We appreciate you. And uh, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you so much, Josh.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. If what you heard here today resonated with you and you want to fully step in to be the man that God created and called you to be, then I want to give you a free guide. It's called The Map and you can get it at standard59.com. In the map, I will give you 12 biblical strategies that every kingdom man pursuing biblical masculinity must honor. If you're ready to step off the sidelines and pursue the upward call, then get the map today at standard59.com. That's standard59.com. Hey, if there's a brother in your life that needs to hear this message, Then share this show with them, and please leave us a rating and review. It helps get the message out there to more men. Until the next show, guys, let's raise the standard.